do two things. We're going to let the children be dismissed. And uh, we're going to ask you to turn to the book of James chapter 1. Book of James chapter 1. This morning I want to conclude the discussion we began last week. Uh, I've entitled my discussion, The Effect of God's Word. And what I'm trying to focus on this morning is the, the impact that this book will have in your life. If you on a daily basis begin to open it, if on a regular basis you begin to memorize it, if on a regular basis you begin to meditate on it, and then communicate it to your friends in a way that you begin to obey it for the glory of God. Um, we sang in a song earlier, in the song Hosanna, this phrase, come have your way among us. That's what you sang this morning. You said, God, have your way in my heart. Work freely in my heart. Change what you need to change. And, and, and what really is provoking my discussion this morning is this. I can know the Word of God. I can receive the Word of God on a regular basis. I can read it and listen to it being communicated on a regular basis and have it result in zero effect in my life. I can memorize the Word of God and begin to meditate on it and still not connect the truth to my life. And it's a fear I have personally. I've grown up hearing the Word of God as far back as I can remember. I remember being in a biblical church where you opened the Word of God and you heard the Word of God. I've memorized the Word of God and I have a fear that what I know will not affect my life. That I won't, and the last word that we used last week was after receiving it and memorizing it and meditating on it, I won't mind it. I won't do what it says, and therefore its presence will have no effect in my daily life. And so this morning, I want to, just looking at James chapter 1, beginning at verse 22, poke away at this topic. And let's, let's begin at verse 22. It says this. It says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Okay, so the, the text begins with a warning that I could be a person who receives the Word of God through reading it and hearing it. I could memorize it because you know this. Satan has the Word of God memorized. You know that, right? In the Garden of Eden, he quoted it. With Jesus, he quoted it in the temptation. He knows the Word of God, but it is not having a positive effect on his life. So, James says, do not merely listen to the Word. Don't simply receive the Word of God. Even though it is critical that I receive it into my life, I need to be asking God to open my heart to the truth that it contains so that it will impact my life. Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.7, he says, Consider, think about regularly what I say to you, for the Lord will give you understanding. Powerful statement. If you memorize the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God and you say, God, I want to know this truth in a way that impacts my daily life. Paul's promise to Timothy was if you meditate on it, if you fix your mind on it, the Lord will give you understanding. The question that obviously comes to mind is how does God give us understanding of His Word? The answer to that question is found in the book of John chapter 14 beginning in verse 15. Jesus said this, if you love me, you will do what I command. Now that takes me to the last thought of the four thoughts. Receive it, 
Memorize it, meditate on it, and mind it. Jesus ties your love for Him to your obedience to Him. So the last step in this relationship with Scripture, understanding it so that I can begin to apply it in my life, becomes vital because it is the means by which I can measure my love for God. Am I letting Him have complete influence in my life in every area? Or have I segmented up my life? And say, God, you can work in this area, you can speak in this area, oh no, but not here. Are you letting him affect and impact the totality of your life? Jesus says, I will ask the Father, he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. You know him because he lives in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Why does he come in the presence and person of the Holy Spirit? He comes to make known the truth of God's word in your heart. The truth that you memorize and begin to meditate on, the Spirit of God is the one who will take it and open up brand new meanings from the Word of God in your life. I had that happen to me this week, studying the book of Isaiah chapter 46. Reading the Word of God, working on memorizing a passage out of there, went back and read an earlier portion that I've heard a hundred times. It's the story about uh, Israel or the, about the, uh, the pagans who make idols, nail them on a cart, and then carry them around or drag them around. And the way that he says it, he says, they build idols and then they carry them around. And in the next verse, here's what God says. He says, stay away from that, but I will carry you. Well, let that kind of thought think, sink in. I've read that passage a number of times. They carry their idols around. God says, in my kingdom, it is the exact opposite. I will carry you. I will bear you. So as you Go into the Word of God and begin to receive it and meditate on it. The Spirit of God wants to illuminate you to the truth that you're memorizing. He wants to show you how it can encourage your heart and impact your daily life. Critical to that process is that God's Word must be known and understood. I must memorize it and meditate on it. And I want to give you a verse this morning. If, if I can challenge you to memorize, memorize a verse that will help you to take the truth that we've been studying the last two weeks, I would give you Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7. Let me just read this verse for you. I want to ask you to commit this to memory. Joshua, to the people of Israel and from God, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my service, servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. That means... Practice strict obedience to the truth of God's word. Do not let it depart from your mouth. Instead, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Because when you have obeyed it, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Folks, let me ask you this question this morning. Do you want your way to be prosperous? And I don't mean financially. I mean the blessing of God. Do you want your way to be prosperous? And do you, in your endeavors in life, want to have good success? Mom and dad, in raising your children, do you want to raise failures? Because if you do, ignore the word of God. Husband, do you want to love your wife effectively? Honor what God says. If you want to destroy your marriage, disregard the promises and commands of God. You want to have a positive impact in your workplace? Make a difference for the glory of God? Stay out of trouble? Memorize, meditate on the Word of God. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Let it 
begin to impact your life. So I want to challenge you this morning. Write down Joshua 1.7 and begin to obey the command from God's Word. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Instead, meditate on it day and night. Then your way will become prosperous and you will have a life that is effective for the glory of God. Not trouble-free, but a life that becomes effective and God-honoring and God-glorifying. That leads me into the next portion of James chapter 1. Second half of verse 22. Do not merely listen to the Word. Do not merely receive only the Word of God. Okay? Don't simply be a a device that records scripture okay i have in my desk at the office uh, a single disc that contains the entire new testament on it okay it's all in mp3 files it's uh, max mclean who is a phenomenal reader of the word of god it's great just to listen now that scripture is encoded imprinted on that disc does that make that disc moral Does it make that disc courageous? Does it make that disc strong? Does it make it holy? The answer is no. It's still just a piece of plastic that contains the Word of God but can't comprehend, understand, meditate on, memorize, and apply. Can't do that. Folks, there's a danger. The danger is that I may know the Word of God, I may have it in my house, I may read it on a regular basis, but if I don't say to God, come and reorient my life to your plans and purposes, it will have no effect in my life. And God has sent His Holy Spirit to us so that you and I can sit down with this book and begin to comprehend and understand the glorious truth that is here so that our lives can begin to change for His glory. So verse 22, do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. The idea simply is this. If I know what God says and don't do it, I am living a deceived life. I know the right response, but I never give it. Okay? What is James saying? He says, if that's the way you live, you're self-deceived. If you think that the Word of God should not be applied in every area of your life, if you think it shouldn't be memorized and meditated on and minded, you're living a deceived life. You know the truth, but you're not doing it. So this morning, the second thought I just want to impress upon you if you're taking the notes. It is to be known and understood. Secondly, it is to be obeyed and applied to every area of my life. Okay, it is to be obeyed and applied. Now, let me just give you this simple definition for obedience. And I share this in the parenting seminars that I teach. Obedience is this. It is doing what you are told to do, when you are told to do it, and with the right attitude. Okay, so when you hear what God wants in your relationship with your mate, in your relationship with someone who offends you in the workplace, do you respond in a way that is oriented to the teaching of God's word or do you act in your flesh? Notice I'm not asking you, do you know how to respond properly? I'm asking you, are you responding properly? What you receive memorize and meditate on are you allowing it to filter down and have an impact on your daily life and experience i believe that becomes the critical question in this discussion a name a guy named gary Friesen in his book called the will of god makes this observation he says in those areas specifically addressed by the bible the revealed commands and principles of god's word are to be obeyed Okay, in areas where it is very clear as to what God wants, 
the Christian response is simply this. God, I am committed to doing exactly what you asked me to do. Nothing more and nothing less. Okay, are you this morning characterized by an obedient response to the word of God? Now, as I say that, I know that that this kind of question starts to float up in your mind. How do I know if I am being obedient? And what does this obedience to the word of God require? If I'm going to be responsive to what I'm learning from the word of God, what is that going to require? And I want to just suggest two simple responses in terms of what is required if I'm going to obey the word of God. How do I know if I'm living an obedient life? And I think these two thoughts will help you out. One is this. Ask yourself this question. Do I practice regular self-examination? Okay? Do I practice regular self-examination in terms of my relationship to the Word of God? I know what it says. Do I allow it to shine into my life and reveal the things that God wants to change? I know it's easy to respond to that question quickly. I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. Someone walked up to you and said, do you obey God? Most of us would say, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm committed to that. Okay, the only way I can know if I really obey God is if I examine my life on a regular basis based upon this truth. And notice how James puts this. He says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looked at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away immediately and forgets what he looked like. Okay, I can tell you this morning, I got up fairly early and I went and looked in the mirror and I realized that there was some work that needed to be done. I know some of you think more work should have been done, but there was some work that needed to be done. Okay, I did not come here the way I looked when I woke up. Okay, because it would be scary. Okay, but here's the bottom line. Often we, we listen to a message from the Word of God. Listen to a message like last week and a number of you said, oh, Pastor, I was really convicted. You know what? Honest response, folks. It doesn't matter if we're convicted. It's irrelevant if I listen to the word of God, feel a, a, a draw of God in my heart. And I look back at this last week and nothing changed. Then I've got some serious heart work to do before God. But if I can hear the word of God and say, okay, I know God is prompting change in my life. But I say no. You know what James says? It's like looking in the mirror, seeing a need, and doing nothing about it. You might think to yourself this morning, Pastor why are you covering this topic two weeks in a row? And I'm going to be real honest with you this morning. Here's why I'm doing it. When I get back from uh, Indonesia, I'm going to start a series on our core values as a church. And core values aren't just things you think. They're truths you should live. And I'm going to do my best to help us to orient to being a biblical church. Here's my concern. If you know what God wants in terms of your relationship to the body of Christ, but you make no adjustments, James says this. He says, we are living self-deceived lives. If I know God wants from me genuine, passionate, amazed worship that is full of joy and celebration, and I refuse to give that to him, and I know it's what he wants, I forfeit his blessing in my life. If I know that God wants me to be communicating the truth of the gospel of Christ 
to the world around me. If he wants me to take advantage of the opportunities that are present in the context of my local church life. And I, I think, you know what, it would be a great idea. But I don't reorient my life. I'm self-deceived. I know God wants me to have fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is not simply spending time together. It's koinonia. It's sharing the word of God together. Applying it life on life. I know that's what God wants. But I don't have significant places in my life where that occurs. I can preach my heart out on that topic. And I love that topic. And I see the value and importance of it. But if as individuals we're not willing to readjust our very, very busy lives then that word of God will fall on deaf ears. We'll be like people looking in the mirror saying, yeah, I need to do that. But we never change. And so I just want you to know, as I, as I go through this topic, there is for me a burden that we hear it, we know it, but we don't change. And James says some very, very strong things. That we're living a life that is self-deceived. We know the value of something, but we don't pursue it. And the world around us is saying, you say that's valuable and you don't pursue it. Why not? Why not? And so the burden on my heart that arises out of this kind of a text is that he, he says, don't deceive yourselves. Instead, do what it says. Be committed to a radical form of sacrificial life-altering obedience. Because anyone who doesn't do what it says is like a person that sees a critical need in their life and does nothing about it now that's the stronger side it requires self-examination it requires looking at the truth and allowing it to affect the change in my life so the first step is i need to sit with the word of god i need to get some verses that i memorized to help me with specific areas in my life one area i struggled with a little over a year or about a year ago was the issue of fear of Get feeling anxious over circumstances in my life. I had, that dishonors God. That says that God who is big is small in my life. I had to address that. I started memorizing verses on the sovereignty of God. On the impact that He desires to have in my daily life. On the fact that He is in control of every aspect of my life. One verse I worked on this week says this. It's, he says to, to the nation of Israel, He says, from the east I call a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man to fulfill my purposes. I declare the end from the beginning. What is to come from ancient times. What is God saying? He's saying, Tim, I got the bases covered. Turn it over to me. Honor me. Obey me. By giving me the things that concern you. And folks, I can know that truth. But if I don't actively respond to that truth, after examining my heart and saying, you know what, God? I am not trusting you like I should. I am not exalting you in my life like I should as the sovereign God. Then I am dishonoring him. And the impact of it in my life on a regular basis will be felt. So I want to challenge you as we go through that series on church life. And then we're going to do a series on family life. On that particular vital relationship. If I don't come with a commitment to say, God, I will take what you say from your word. Not what the pastor says, but what I hear of your word. I will take it and compare it to my experience. And when my experience is out of sync with your truth, I will make an adjustment. Then we are self-deceived. So it requires self-examination. Where I allow what God is saying to affect my life. To show me how I need to change. And then the second thing is this, just very quickly. Obedience will require regular adjustments and correction. Okay, it'll require regular adjustments 
and corrections. I want you to see how this comes out in verse 25. He says, but in contrast to the man who goes to the mirror, looks and doesn't change anything, but the man who looks intensely, this is to be perpetual or consistent, into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, and that's the key. Okay, it's not, well, I heard the word of God on Sunday morning. No, I need this on a daily basis. Now, don't get into the frustrated mode, okay? Do you leave church today saying, you know what? I believe God wants me in his word on a regular basis. You may even go stronger and say, I believe God wants me in his word on a daily basis. Okay, please cut yourself a break. Okay, when you miss that day or two along the way, because life gets thrown up in the air and gets chaotic, don't start beating yourself up. Okay, I, and I mean this to encourage you. Okay, it, it takes a long time to cultivate a habit in your life. Okay, uh, in my personal life, I've, I've gotten into running lately. Uh, I started running when I was 30, about 34, 35 years old for the first time when I met uh, Pastor Harry Stollick. And we were just talking about this the other day when I was young. And I, I said to him recently, I, I started running more consistently. And that my, I now have a desire like I'm sitting at my desk thinking, I want to go run. And I showed up with friends and they're like, that's not normal. Okay? And I say, you know what? It's, it's like a new normal for me because I've never been there where I just, I, I get this urge to want to run. I have in my life another rising urge. And that is to memorize the word of God. Because my experience it's funny how God is right. That if you memorize this word and meditate on it and begin to mind it, that it starts to affect your life. It gives you things to share with your friends. It starts to change you. I have this desire to do something else I haven't done for a while. And that is, you know what? Cultivate a pattern with your family, with your wife, whoever, with a friend. Find someone who you can begin to cultivate a pattern of being in the word. And trust me on this. Trust me on this. The one that looks into the perfect law of liberty. What's this text say? And continues to do this. Not forgetting what he has heard. But doing it. He will be blessed in everything he does. Now folks that gives me a choice this morning. When I leave this place. You have a choice. I have a choice. Will I. Will I look at my relationship to the word of God. And say I have been disobedient. Because I have not practiced consuming in their terms of receiving, memorizing, and meditating, and obeying God's word. I haven't been doing that. If you know that that is the means by which God wants to bless in your life, and you walk out of this door and don't make some kind of a reorientation, some type of adjustment, can I, I just say this? You're being foolish. You are missing out on something that it will be so powerful and blessed in your life. And the result will be that when you come to hear a series on, series on church life, you're going to come saying, God, show me something. Show me something that will reorient my relationship to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Show me how I need to readjust my relationship to my mate. Show me. Because the one that does this and continues in it is blessed in what he or she does, which means the opposite is true. Galatians 6 says this. It says, do not be deceived God is not mocked. I want to tell you something. I live in a world of people that mock God. So what does it mean when it says God is not mocked? You know what it means? 
it means he is not successfully ignored. He is not successfully belittled. He says, memorize my word. He says, put it into practice every day and I will bless in your life. I can show you that from three passages of Scripture. Let me just read these for you. Psalm 1. Oh yes, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in everything they do. Do you want that? Do you want a marriage that prospers for the glory of God? Do you want a relationship with your children that prospers for the glory of God? For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, who in Psalm 1 are defined as people who meditate on and practice the Word of God. Which I assume means they memorize it and live it. The Lord watches over their path. I want to ask you something. When you leave this place this morning, you drive your car down the road, do you want God watching over your path? I'll tell you something right now. Tonight when I get on that plane to Jakarta, Indonesia, I want God watching over my path. And I want you to pray that God will do that. But this is the promise of God. That's why I don't want to give you my thoughts on this. The one who meditates on it is blessed in everything he or she does. So here's the question that comes to my mind. Why did Tim Hoff avoid doing that for so long? Because he's stupid, okay? I have a foolish side to me that thinks I could ignore certain directives of God and get away with it. And I want to tell you, I've learned something. I can't. I'm an unsuccessful rebel and unhappy at the same time. See, when you obey God's word, you love your relationship with him. He's going to speak to you through it. He has sent his Holy Spirit to teach you all things and to bring everything to your memory that Jesus taught. That's what he wants to do. But you need to be in the book on a regular basis. And when you do, he will watch over your path. But the path of the wicked leads to destruction. John 13, 17. Listen to this. If you know these things. If you, you want to capture the heart of this, this is Last Supper. This is Eve of Crucifixion. What does the Savior say to those that He loves? What does He say to them to encourage them? Here's what He says. If you know these things, memorized and meditated on, you are blessed if you do them. I can make a promise to every young person in this room, college students and high school students, if you know the Word of God and you try to ignore it, you will live an unhappy life. I promise you that. And I don't say that as a threat. I say it as a promise. I say it as an encouragement to you to honor God in every area of your life because when you do, he says this, if you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure and strong. It endures forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious. That is, they are better than pure gold and silver. They are sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Mark that one down, Tony. Okay, Tony's been studying how to make honey with bees. This is better, Tony, okay? 
Less work and it doesn't bite. By them, your servant is warned, and in keeping them. Now listen, listen. In keeping them, there is great reward. Now, if I could go around this room and ask every one of you, do you want great reward from God, great blessing from God in your life? I'm going to tell you something. I would be stunned if you looked at me and said no. But you can say no. You can go out into the week before you and not change anything in your relationship to the Word of God. And so I just want to impress upon you this. In keeping them, there is great reward. He will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Folks, look, when God begins to work in that way in our lives through His Word, a watching world is going to see a difference. And you're going to find that your evangelism is turbocharged. You're going to be full of so much joy in God that you can't help but share it. You're going to find that your relationship with your wife, men, is corrected and deeply affected as you are willing to adjust yourself to the Word of God. Mom and Dad, you're going to find that your outlook on your children becomes very different because God has some very simple, basic things to tell you about how you should relate to your children. Are you willing to mind the Word of God? What you memorize and meditate on and receive, are you willing to say to God, God, this morning, here's the promise. Here's the promise. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey your word. As you bring it to mind in my life, my answer prior to my emotional response is going to be yes. Because I believe this with all my heart. I believe God would transform this church. If when we go to us into a series on the core value, why the church exists from a biblical perspective, I believe God would transform this place and make us a stronger witness for him in this community. And I would look forward to that day when we are always asking, what are the biblical priorities that justify this or that activity in our church? What biblical directive are we fulfilling in doing this or that in this church? If we obey and follow the word of God, his promise is this, you will be blessed in everything that you do. In conclusion this morning, let me just, this thought. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, number one, thank you for coming. Number two, I hope that you do not think that through your obedience, you earn the grace of God. I hope you know that salvation is only found through the accomplished work of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. So please, don't leave here this morning thinking, oh, I just need to do God's truth and everything's going to be fine. No, you need a Savior first. Oh. And His name is Jesus Christ. And He loves you so much that this Word tells us that He died for you on Calvary's cross. And that faith in Him comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God about the cross of Christ. And it's what I love in James 1.18. He says this, He, God, chose to give us birth to be born again through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of everything that he created. How does he bring you to new life? Through his word. If you don't know Christ, here's the challenge. Start reading the word of God. Let God begin to speak to your heart. Reorient your life to what it says about your sin and about the Savior. Cry out to God and say, God, I understand as I read this book, I do not live in conformity to what it teaches. Change me. Change me. Forgive me. Make Christ my Savior today. 
and for every brother and sister in Christ here this morning. We're going to go into a time of communion right now. And I've laid a fairly significant challenge on you this morning. And I'm mindful that as we go into the Lord's table of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 28, it's a warning before coming to receive the elements of the Lord's table, which means that this experience of remembering the coursework of Christ is with the Father very serious and sobering. Here's what it says. Let each one examine themselves. Okay? First point I gave you. It requires regular self-examination. Here's what I want to challenge you to do this morning. Bow your head before God. Go to Him just in, in the privateness of your own seat where you're sitting. And ask God the question. Am I walking in obedience to your word? And listen for the answer. And maybe you're here this morning, you already know the answer to the question. You say, Tim, if you stop talking, I'm going to bow my head and confess to God that I have not been living a life oriented around his word and my way has not been prosperous and I have not had good success and I want that for the glory of God. I just encourage you to bow your head and just go, you go to God and say, God, is my relationship with your word, with this book, what it should be? Now, you can disregard everything I said this morning that is not biblical. But I would challenge you to read the text that I've given you and ask yourself, does my life reflect the value of this truth on a daily basis? Am I receiving, memorizing, meditating on, and then minding, obeying the truth of God's word? Because this is his direction manual for our lives. It tells us his plan and how he wants to work and bless in the lives of his children. So this morning, I want to encourage you, examine yourself. And once you've done that, I want to encourage you, if you know Christ, come receive the elements at the front or in the back. Take them back to your seat. We're going to stand together and sing that song again, The Wonder of the Cross, just as our response to God uh, in terms of what the cross of Christ is all about for us. Then we're going to receive the elements together this morning. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word.